Amen. Amen. Friends, I am so thankful that you decided to be here tonight to, t- to come to Chi Alpha and join us in worship. And if I haven't met you yet, my name is Katie Boldy. I'm an associate pastor here along with being the worship pastor. And I am just so, so thankful for the opportunity to be here tonight and share with you just a little bit about what I feel like the Lord has been stirring in my heart over the past several weeks. Before I get started though, I wanted to give you a quick version of my story so that I'm not standing up here without you knowing who I am and spewing some words at you. So I grew up in a small town called Eagle Grove. None of you probably know where that is, and that's okay. I lived all of my life there throughout high school. I grew up going to church for pretty much all of my life. My whole family went to church, and we spent a lot of time there, multiple times throughout the week. I've always naturally been kind of an introverted person. I like to do things that are comfortable, probably like most of you in here. I spent a lot of time reading books and spending time with my family. Life seemed pretty normal to me until the summer before I went into high school and my whole world got flipped upside down. That summer, my parents ended up getting a divorce and I felt like my whole world had shattered. I was the good kid who had, although not a perfect, a good family. And now everything was different than it had been. I found myself embarrassed. I was hiding my feelings to try to make things easier. I was trying only to rely on myself and not other people, including God. This Jesus, who I knew was supposed to be powerful and good, had let something bad happen to me. Although I didn't have a moment where I ever walked away from my faith, I never really turned my back totally on the Lord, I definitely had a long period where I was just walking through the motions. I was doing the good church things because I was a good church kid. I knew Jesus was there, but I didn't seek out a relationship with him. And I figured I could just do that later when I was old and an adult or something. I ended up coming to UNI for college. And to be completely honest, I didn't have my heart set out to come here. And coming to college was something that was, that was pretty terrifying to me. But looking back, it is clear to me that the Lord has been in it the entire way. When I got here, I came in as an education major. I didn't really know what I wanted my future to look like, but I knew that I should probably get involved in some type of ministry. I knew about Chi Alpha because I came from an AG background, which is the church that we're partnered with, and my two older brothers had actually gone to a Chi Alpha at Iowa Central. But I didn't really want to go to Chi Alpha, if I'm being completely honest. I know, I know. I didn't want to do what they had done. My my little rebellious side kicked in there. So instead of just coming to Chi Alpha and trying it out, I decided to try out other ministries. And although those services were really great, Over and over again, I felt like the only people that actually cared about who I was were from this crazy group of Christians called Chi Alpha. (laughs) I ended up hosting a small group that year, and you could almost guarantee that I was at every event. Guys, I was desperate for friends, and I was desperate, desperate for a community to get involved in. I began to develop a real and a personal relationship with the Lord. I started reading my Bible consistently. I spent time in prayer. I worshiped him on my own. 
I realized that although I was incredibly flawed and I was incredibly sin-filled and broken, that he loved me just the way that I was. I didn't have to change a thing. He allowed things to happen in my life that hurt and that hurt deeply because he wanted to draw me closer to himself. Since 2015, when I came in as a little baby freshman, Jesus has turned my world upside down again. He has shown me what it looks like to love him in a real and authentic way that still hurts sometimes. And he showed me what it looks like to lay down my life to see other people come to know him. He has called me to trust him more and more each year. And although I still don't always get it right, and I'm still incredibly flawed and sin-filled, I can without a doubt in my mind tell you that Jesus is good. And he knows what's best for you. He just wants to love you and challenge you and call you higher. Looking back from today, I never would have ever in a million years imagined that I would be here. That I would be here married to an incredible man of God that pushes me closer and closer to Jesus every day and he loves me with his whole heart. I never would have thought that I would be in full-time ministry. Seeing some of my most hidden dreams, guys, the dreams that I never told a soul become a reality because I surrendered my life to what the Lord wanted. I never would have thought that my full-time job would be loving on a bunch of college students all day long and getting to talk about Jesus. But God knew and he saw that through. Looking back at my senior year of college, it was only a couple years ago, I'm not that old. I was finishing up my last semester of classes and the next semester I would complete my student teaching. It was really a season of bittersweets. If you're in this point, you know what I'm talking about. I was finally coming to the end of my college career. I was pumped to not go to classes anymore, if you know what I mean. But I was scared about what the future held. It was hard to picture everything falling into place and me being happy where I was gonna be. Although I was in the classroom often for many field experiences and classes, I couldn't really picture myself having a classroom of my own, teaching every day. But I didn't know what else I wanted to do. It came down to the last few weeks of classes that year, and I ended up having a conversation with Daniel, who was our Chi Alpha pastor then and is now our sent church pastor, about possibly doing the Chi Alpha internship. At that time, panic and fear struck in my heart, and in that very moment, I wanted to tell him no, that that was a terrible idea, and he should never have thought of that. Why would I ever let that thought cross my mind? I couldn't picture myself saying yes to doing ministry all the time. At that point though, I loved Chi Alpha so, so much. I pray that you love Chi Alpha too, that you love this community. I loved what God had been doing in my life, but pursuing that full time seemed way too scary, way too emotional, and like I would have to trust God way more than I ever wanted to. I ended up wrestling with the Lord about this decision that I knew he was asking me to make. I tried to give him every excuse that I could to be able to say no. But it wasn't until I got alone with the Lord that he began to calm me down and make sense of the situation. I put myself up in a hammock in the middle of a wooded area 
no one else around, where I was able to focus all my energy and attention on him and figuring out what the decision he wanted me to make was. In the end, the Lord led me to his decision. And what I now believe is one of the best decisions that I could have made. That decision of saying yes to the Lord, even though I didn't want to, has led me into an unperfect but joy-filled, abundant life with him. I want to be honest with you, though. Sometimes I walk into Chi Alpha here, into this service, and I'm just not feeling it. Maybe you walked in here tonight and that's similar to you. And your mind is on a million other things. All the homework that you still have to complete, that finals project that you haven't even started. Maybe you're worried about the state of our country. Or maybe you're worried about the amount of money that's in your bank account. Maybe you're having difficulties arguing with a parent, or you're always fighting with your roommates, or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Or maybe you're just tired, and you're hungry, and you want to go home, and you don't want to be around a bunch of people. Maybe you walked in here tonight and thought that these people look a little bit crazy, waving their hands while singing some songs and jumping around on stage. Maybe you didn't even want to be here tonight, but your friend dragged you in. It's not just about a Chi Alpha service, though. Maybe you relate to me in the way that sometimes I don't even want to read my Bible. I don't want to get up early and spend time with Jesus. Instead, I would rather hit that little snooze button and fall back asleep. Sometimes I don't want to take that big faith step that the Lord is asking me to take. Or change the way that I do something because the Lord convicted me of it, and I know it isn't right. Sometimes the last thing that I want to do is push myself to even think about Jesus or to even worship Jesus because I'm exhausted and I'm spent. But if I've always acted on what I want to do, I wouldn't get very far in life. We can't follow Jesus based upon how we feel in a moment, but we follow Jesus based upon what he has done and how he is working through our lives. So we started a new sermon series last week called More Power, and Pastor Derek talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We learned about how we can have access to the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. It was so, so good. This week, we will be continuing that series of More Power, and we will be talking about the power of worship. We will be looking at a passage in the book of Acts, specifically chapter 16, verse 25. Now, if you don't know where it is, Acts is in the second half of your Bible, way towards the back. This book follows the journey of the first church and also follows the journey of the greatest disciple that ever lived, who is Paul. Let me give you a little bit of background before we dive into that completely, though. In chapter 16, where we pick up in this story, Paul and his friend Silas are going on a missionary journey, and they stopped in a city called Philippi. Specifically, it says that they were headed to a place of prayer there. As they're walking, they have a girl who is following them around. Now, this girl is known for having a spirit or a demon in her, and she makes her owners a lot of money through fortune-telling. This girl follows Paul and Silas, and she mocks, and she taunts them, and she says, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. 
Well, this girl isn't just mocking them for 10 minutes. She doesn't just stop after a couple hours. But the text says that she goes on for days. Eventually, Paul gets super fed up. Man, he's annoyed. And he's like, this is ridiculous. And he says, no, ma'am. I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it came out. A spirit came out in Jesus' name. I think that's super cool. The not so great part, though, was that her owners were furious. The source of income that they had was now gone. So they drag Paul and they drag Silas into the center of town and they bring them before the magistrates, who are basically the people who maintain civil order, kind of like a judge. The people get angry, the magistrates get really angry, and it ends up that Paul and Silas get beaten and thrown into prison where they are watched closely and tied up tight. So we pick up here in chapter 16, verse 25, and I want you to listen to what happens next. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew out his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped, that they had left. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and he rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your whole household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And they took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all of his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire house that he had believed in God. I'm going to pray real quick. Dear Jesus, I just thank you for tonight. God, I thank you for the word that you've given to my heart. And Father, I just pray that it would be all yours. God, I pray that our focus and our attention would be all on you, Father. Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in this room. In your mighty, mighty name, amen. Wow. I don't know about you, but I think this is a pretty crazy story. If we're being honest, Paul and Silas are beaten. They are thrown into prison with some crazy accusations. If I was them... I would probably be pretty freaked out and maybe even angry at what was happening to me. But then they focus their attention to the Lord and everything changes. From all of this, the one thing that I want you to get tonight is that we must worship even when we don't feel like it because the Lord moves when he hears our praises. Our worship and praises don't depend on what we feel like in certain moments, but it all depends on who God is, the goodness that he offers, and what he wants to do. We must worship even when we don't feel like it. Paul and Silas, they were violently beaten and they're thrown in prison because they wanted to go and pray. Something super simple. Prison 
probably wasn't a very fun place to be at that time. It probably isn't still a fun place to be, but it was probably really dirty, probably a lot of rats, a lot of bugs. The people there probably weren't super nice. Paul and Silas were sore from being beaten. They were tired and they were hungry and they were locked up tight. But in spite of all this that is happening, they began singing and praying to God. They are at this incredibly low point with no foreseeable way out, no hope, and they begin praising the Lord. They aren't just doing it quietly or humming a worship song over to themselves in a corner, but I imagine that they are crying out to the Lord because everyone else hears them. Everyone notices what they're doing. If we're being real, Paul and Silas probably don't feel like worshiping the Lord. And they probably didn't want to sing of his goodness in that moment. I know that if I was there, me and my weak flesh would probably be curled up in a ball crying on the floor because I was scared of what was happening. But maybe you're asking tonight, what even is worship? Worship, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, says to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. When we worship, we should be totally focused on Jesus, who we regard with great and extravagant respect, honor, and devotion. Guys, worship isn't just meeting together at Chi Alpha for 20 minutes and singing songs. Worship is a lifestyle, a lifestyle of being totally devoted to Christ in everything that we do. When we're alone, when we're around other people, when we're at church, everything that we do. Paul and Silas knew that if they were worshiping the Lord, their focus would be directed on him and not the situation that they were in. They knew that the Lord would move and he would provide a way even when they had no idea that there could be one. They drew joy into their situation of suffering through their worship. Paul and Silas were able to worship in this situation because they had spent time worshiping the Lord before. This wasn't the first time that they did it. There's this book called Exploring Worship by Bob Sorge. It's super, super good. And if you ever want to dive into the spectrum of worship, I highly would recommend it. But in it, he says, we must participate in worship, especially during those times when we do not feel like it. If we allow our worship to be controlled by our feelings, we will never gain victory in our Christian walk. We do not worship because we feel like it. We worship because Christ is worthy. We worship because Christ is worthy. If we wait until we feel like it to worship all the time, it's not going to happen. We're not going to end up doing it. Instead, we worship because the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God who created the heavens and the earth, deserves it. He deserves all of our praise, all of who we are. I remember as a student, I was pretty excellent at procrastinating. I don't know if any of you can relate. I got really distracted pretty easily. I would plan a time to work on papers or a discussion post or a reading so that I would have plenty of time to get it done. Sometimes I'd even go to the library or a coffee shop or seclude myself in my room. But if you're anything like me, 
Even if you aren't around people, you have the habit of getting distracted pretty easily. Doing homework and assignments are boring, if we're being honest, and I rarely ever felt like just getting them done because I have a good heart and I really wanted to. If you're like me, maybe your phone notifications started going off and you have a text message or you open up Facebook just to look for a quick second, though. Or maybe you start scrolling on Instagram to give yourself a little brain break. But then you find yourself rolling through stories and now you're on a page that you have no connection to and you have no idea how you even got there. On the other hand, maybe you're really good and you have the willpower to put away your phone and work for a little bit, but eventually you get distracted again and you lose your focus. It's really hard to focus on homework or work that needs to get done when we're worried about what's happening on our phones or we're trying to do too many things at once. Maybe you just plain don't feel like it. Mustering up the willpower to do homework and to study used to be really hard for me. Maybe you end up getting your work done, but it's super poor quality, and you could have done so much better if you had taken the time to sit down, eliminate all distractions, and to stay focused. Just like our homework, sometimes it's really hard to focus on the Lord when we're worrying about so many things, and we're just letting our minds wander, and we're not being present in the situations that we need to be present in. So what does this mean for us in regards to worship? It means that sometimes we need to eliminate all distractions and focus on the Lord. It means that we should worship the Lord no matter what we feel like because he asks us to and he deserves it. Maybe for you, that means coming into a Chi Alpha service or a church service ready to worship the Lord, even if your feelings aren't totally in it. You say no to what your flesh wants, and you say yes to what Jesus wants. That could look like participating in worship and not just standing there because you don't want people to look at you weird. But if we're being completely honest, nobody's looking around because they're all worshiping the Lord. Maybe for you, it looks like making yourself a little uncomfortable in worship and being more expressive. For example, that could look like raising your hands, which is a simple act of surrender to the Lord. It's an outward expression of what the Lord is doing in your heart. Think of it as a child. They're raising their hands up to their parent to be held. A child won't just do that to anyone, though. They do it to people that they trust. They understand that they will be safe in the arms of someone that they love. There's many passages in the Bible that talk about lifting our hands up in worship. Psalm 63, 4 says, So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. But maybe you're someone that's comfortable with raising your hands. That's something that you do all the time. But you've never kneeled before the Lord in worship. That's another sign of surrender and recognizing just how powerful the Lord is. That he is good and he deserves it all. Psalms 95, 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Maybe you need to focus on your attention more during times of worship, to not let yourself get distracted or not worshiping just because you don't feel like doing it. I want to challenge you with and say that the more you get into worship, the more expressive that you are, the more that you will sense the Lord. It isn't about the hype. It isn't about a performance or looking good, but it's about turning your attention and your focus on him. 
It's about letting our defenses down and turning to the Lord. Worship isn't just something that we should do in a, worship, in a church service, though. But it should be a part of our everyday lives. Meaning that we should devote ourselves to spending time with the Lord in personal worship. And we should devote ourselves to living a holy lifestyle. Personal worship looks like spending time with the Lord every day through prayer, through Bible reading, and singing praises to him. So maybe that looks like getting alone in your room and turning on a worship playlist. Kaiapha has a really good one. I can let you have it if you want it. And just crying out to the Lord. Maybe that looks like eliminating all distractions, such as your phone, when you spend time with the Lord so that you can focus your attention on him, even if you don't want to. That could look like trying to follow what the Bible says and remaining pure before the Lord. The more that you focus on him, the less you think about your problems and everything that's going wrong in your world. Along with all of that, we must worship because the Lord moves when he hears our praises. Verse 26 of our passage says, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, immediately, all of the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. The Lord literally made an earthquake happen because Paul and Silas were praising him. He made a way in their hopeless situation. They had no idea what they were going to do to get out. The Lord made the way so Paul and Silas could be free and he also changed the situation to capture the heart of the jailer as well. The Lord not only protected his people that loved him and knew him already, but he was all about drawing more people into his heart. He drew in the jailer and his entire family. Paul and Silas worshipped and everything changed for them. They now had a way out of their situation and an opportunity to see the Lord move. There is something about worship that draws us closer to Jesus and the plans that he has. There's something about us praising him that moves the Lord's heart. If you think back to my situation about the internship and the decision that I needed to make, it wasn't until I got alone with the Lord and focused all of my attention on him that I got peace in my situation. It wasn't until I worshiped him, I got my life right with him, that he gave me the next step to take. I think the Lord was waiting for me to come before him before he was going to move, before he was going to show me what to do. So what does that mean practically for you? It means that if you're stuck in a tough situation or if nothing is going right, one of the first things that we need to do and that we should do is call on the Lord for help. We should worship him. If you feel like you're at the end of all that you can do, then it's probably a good time to pray and to seek the Lord on what he would want. Spend some time with the Lord, worshiping, crying out to him, singing songs before him, focusing all of your attention on him. He will make the way when there is no way. He will break the chains of depression, of addiction, off of your life because your heart is turned more towards him. Sometimes the Lord isn't going to move and show us the way 
until we humbly come before him in worship. He moves because he loves us so much and he wants to help us out of the things that are hopeless. He wants to move to show his faithfulness and prove to you that he is good. He wants to move in your life so that you share his power with other people across the campus, across your work, across the world so that they might come into right relationship just like that jailer and his family. But maybe nothing in your actual, actual situation changes, but your heart does. The Lord can change your perspective. When we worship the Lord through songs and through prayer or just plain spending time with him, our focus is shifted. We pay less attention to the things that are going on in life and we pay more attention to Jesus. Maybe the mess that we are in doesn't change at all but our heart shifts to be more tender to the people around us. We have more patience when our roommate is getting on our last nerve. We have more perseverance when the semester is really hard. Maybe that's you right now. Maybe you feel like you're drowning in homework and projects and things to do, and you're fighting with your roommate, and you're fighting with your friend, and nothing seems to be going right. We push through and we worship Jesus in a Chi Alpha service, even when we don't want to. We go to small group, even if we have a lot of homework, because we know that the Lord is going to move through there and he's going to teach us good things. The Lord wants to work through us and he wants to help change you to make you a better version of yourself. Again, the main thing that I want you to get tonight is that we must worship. We must worship even when we don't feel like it. And we must worship because the Lord moves when he hears our praises. Maybe you walked in here tonight and the situation that you feel like you're in is hopeless. Maybe you're like, Katie, girl, no, the last thing that I want to do tonight is worship the Lord. I don't want to sing a silly song and raise my hands because nothing that I'm in the middle of right now is good. Man, let me tell you, I know that it's hard. I don't know everything, but I know that sometimes life just plain sucks and there's nothing that you can do to fix it. I know sometimes we feel like the worst person in the world. Maybe you feel like you're the only person in the world, that you're all alone. Maybe every class is overwhelming. You're failing three out of five. Maybe your work schedule is too much. You're trying to work 40 hours a week. Maybe you're fighting with your best friend. Maybe you're not sure that the person that you're in a relationship with is the right one, the one that you're supposed to marry. I know sometimes it feels like the weight of the burdens we're carrying are literally going to crush us. I know sometimes it feels like we can't walk another step. We can't pursuing the, keep pursuing the Lord because it's just too hard and we just wanna throw in the towel and quit. I know sometimes it feels like the last thing that you wanna do is serve the Lord and give him praise when your world around you is crumbling. Me too, guys, I felt that too. I've been there too. But let me tell you something. No matter what is happening in your world, the 
Lord still deserves our praise. No matter what is happening all around you, I can tell you that without a shadow of a doubt that the Lord is good because I have seen his faithfulness. Guys, I've seen him come through time and time again when my situation feels hopeless. I've seen him come through in the big things and the little things. I've watched him move in other people's lives. I've seen radical transformation right before my very own eyes. and he will literally make the earth tremble because he wants a relationship with you. He wants to offer you hope in a hopeless situation. He wants to pour out love when you feel none. He wants you to turn your attention to himself in worship because he knows the good things that are right on the other side of where you're at right now. it could look like. I wonder what it could sound like if we joined in unison in praising his name and worship. I wonder how pleased the Lord would be if we intentionally took time to focus more on him and eliminate distractions. I wonder how much we could grow as individuals, how much we could grow together as a community if we worshiped even when we don't feel like it. I wonder how much joy it could bring the Lord if we say yes to asking what he is asking us to do. I wonder what could happen if we would say yes to starting a relationship with him. If you would all stand in this room tonight. I believe that there are two groups of people in here. Those of us who maybe walked in here tonight, and this is one of the first times that you're hearing about this dude called Jesus and this thing called worship. Or maybe you walked away from the Lord for a time and you wanna come back. I believe that the Lord has you in here tonight for a specific reason, and he wants to meet just with you tonight. He wants to draw you closer to himself, and all it takes is a little faith step and belief in your heart. Jesus paid the ultimate price. He died on a cross for you and for me. And he would literally move mountains if it would mean that he would start a relationship with you. I wanna pray for you tonight that you would trust Jesus with everything that you have. If everyone would bow their heads and close their eyes with no one looking around, on the count of three tonight, if that's you and you want to give your life to Christ, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand as a symbol to the Lord. One, two, three. Jesus, we just thank you so much for tonight. Jesus, I thank you for the work that you're doing in this group, God, the way that you're moving. And we thank you for the students that are saying yes to you, that are saying yes to, to loving you, God, to falling into a relationship with you. God, we just ask that you would move those mountains where those mountains need moved. And maybe for others of us, you walked in here tonight and you've been following the Lord for a while, but your heart hasn't been in it. You've been super busy and you're overwhelmed and you've put God on the back burner. 
Maybe you're the type of person that you're at service all the time and you're spending time with the Lord, but it just feels like you're going through the motions. I want to encourage you tonight to give the Lord all of your focus. Allow him to take the burdens that you're carrying. You don't have to do it by yourself. Lay those burdens down. Allow him to move in your life and trust him enough to say yes to him over and over again, even when it's hard. He's calling you tonight to pursue him with a boldness and a confidence and a passion, even when we aren't feeling like it. Lord Jesus, I pray for those of us in this room, God, that aren't feeling like it, that aren't feeling like you're worthy and that you're good and that you're gonna make things happen. God, I pray that you would call us to continue to worship even when we don't feel like it. Father, I pray that you would hear our praises and God, that you would move in your power. God, that we would see you work right before our eyes. Lord Jesus, I just ask that our hearts would be so burning for you, God, that you're all that we think about, that you're all that we wanna worry about, God. Jesus, that our focus is all on you. Guys, we're gonna go into another time of worship here at the end. And I just encourage you to pursue God with all that you have. Don't worry about the people that are surrounding you. Don't worry about the things that are going on outside of this room. You can't change any of that right now. But just worship the Lord, be passionate. He loves you and he just wants to hear your praises to him. Let's worship him.